I'd like to pray before us as we get going on the message today. And before I pray, I want to read a list of the names of Christ. And I want you to think for a minute the difference between those of you who are in the classroom or you have memories of school, the difference of when you hear a list of names listed or read aloud in the roll call, what is that sensation like compared to the most amazing concert you've been to? You know, when you're fully awakened, it's a, there's alertness, you're alive, you're attentive. I don't know, for me, I think of that, of think of a concert you've been to. For me, it was maybe being the native Texan. Saw Lyle Lovett in Seattle one time and uh, Carlos Santana one time. But think about that, compare that. So let's pray together. And I'm going to read the names of Christ. Lord and ruler, root of Jesse, wisdom, rising sun, king of the nations, Emmanuel, light of the world, bread of life. Lamb of God, Good Shepherd, Alpha, Omega, Holy One, Friend, Servant, Bright and Morning Star, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. Jesus, we want to be in awe of you today this time of year we come to you collectively scattered throughout the city and our homes to worship you to say you are worthy of our time our attention you are worthy of our our very lives lord we want to offer to you this holiday season because you offered all that you have to us by giving your life lord i pray that the words today of speaking of the peace of Christ would result in for us to experience the peace with you, peace of Christ, and the peace with others. In your name, amen. Most of you know where we are at in our Advent series. If I were to give a kind of a theme or thrust of this message, I want to encourage you to maybe to go ahead and get your communion elements if you don't have them, or also to get a pen. I'm going to be uh, sharing with you different some different thoughts and scriptures that I encourage you to write and reflect on. And I'm, I really, as always, uh, ex have an expect, expectancy that God is going to speak to all of us because God has spoken to me in the preparation of this message uh, in anticipating it, kind of chewing and marinating it on uh, the last few uh, weeks. But if I were to give kind of a theme for the for the last Sunday of Advent is this, is that Jesus provides peace for any situation in life. Jesus provides peace for any situation in life. Uh, the message this morning, I'm going to be kind of answering two questions. The first question is, what is the peace that Jesus gives us? What is, how do we get our he heads around that, our hearts around that, to, to encounter that? 
And then secondly, how do we get it? What is the peace Jesus gives us and how do I get it? Most of you are aware we've been in Isaiah 9, 6, where the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus, gives these great four names of prophecy, predicting Messiah. We looked the first Sunday of Advent about Wonderful Counselor, which uh, communicates that Messiah is king, carrying out marvelous action that the world will marvel at and still marvels at of the work of Jesus. We looked at Mighty God, which is the idea of divine power as warrior, everlasting father. We looked at last week, which is the theme of a compassionate provider and protector that Christ is. And today we're going to look at Prince of Peace. Peace. We all know that many of us are aware that that word shalom in the Old Testament is really the idea that Christ's rule will bring wholeness and well-being in individuals and society. This is the whole idea of Jesus being the Prince of Peace, that his rule will bring wholeness and well-being in individuals and society. Shalom is more than just the absence of conflict. Peace is more than just the absence of conflict, but it's harmony. It's about wholeness. It's about completeness. It's about the flourishment of all capacities of life, mind, body, soul, and spirit. This is the, the, the vision and the goal of, uh, of peace. You know, as we look at peace, it can be kind of overwhelming because it, there's close to about, some, there's actually about 790 plus verses in the Bible about peace, close to 800 verses. And of all of those verses, as you kind of dig into those, what I've discovered is that all of those can really be, can kind of fit into three buckets, three categories. Uh, the first is about spiritual peace, peace with God. Next is about emotional peace, which is about the peace of peace others. So about eternal peace or about internal peace, the peace of God, and external peace, the peace with others. I encourage So really all the verses of peace that we experience in life, spiritual, emotional, and relational, they build upon each other. We have to start with that peace with God. And then only then can we find the peace of God. Then lastly, we can experience peace with others. I was kind of look, thinking of several different examples uh, that we may be aware of. You remember Forrest Gump uh, scene when Forrest comes back from Vietnam? And one of my favorite movies that stuck out to me always in that movie, there's so many great classic scenes and things we've quoted, but it's when Forrest is in uh, Louisiana and he's on the fishing boat and Lieutenant Dan shows up and it's the night before the big storm. Do you remember that scene? And, and, and Lieutenant Dan's angry, he's lost his legs in war. And he yells at Forrest and he says, where, where, where's this God of yours, Forrest? And, uh, you know, he, he, he said, uh, Lieutenant Dan said, uh, or Forrest, actually, if I remember the scene, if I can get the scene right in my head, you know, he says, uh, when Lieutenant Dan said that, God showed up and the big storm came and Forrest says, I, I, I was scared, but Lieutenant Dan was mad. And uh, do you remember the scene? All of you remember that scene? I'm sure we've seen that movie. And, he, and you remember the falling after the storm? He's on top of the, uh, the boat, yelling, screaming, cursing at God. And then that following day, the, 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 there's peace. 
and Lieutenant Dan swimming in the ocean. And Forrest makes that comment. I think Lieutenant Dan found peace with God. I think that's a great little image, a little about a story that it's kind of parallels to our uh, spiritual life. That there, there is a that peace with God uh, happens through Christ. Romans uh, in Romans it says, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans five one, that there that that, that that the peace with God is something that we maintain. It's not just from a, it's not just from an initial experience we've had with Christ in the past, but peace with God happens day in and day out as we nurture that. Because God always says, when you have peace, uh, when you have the peace with me, with me, you can have the peace of me. So next we look at the peace uh, uh, with uh, with God, the peace of God, uh, this internal, this emotional peace. Philippians four six says this says. Um, a familiar verse that we're, we're familiar with, it says, do not be anxious about anything. Another version says, do not worry. M maybe the hardest commandment in all of scripture. There's a lot of do not do this, do not do this. But, but Paul says in Philippians, do not be anxious, do not worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know, this is all about whether we choose to worry or we choose worship, whether we choose to pray or we choose panic, whether we choose to trust ourselves or whether we choose to trust God, the peace of God. And, and what's so beautiful about our, our relationship with Jesus as the Prince of Peace is I am convinced that there is a corresponding peace to every predicament and situation of life. Whatever you're going through, Whatever your spouse is going through, your child is going through, your neighbor is going through, there is a corresponding peace. So if you have a confused heart, Jesus is the guiding peace. If you have a broken heart, Jesus has, is the comforting peace. If you have a fearful heart, Jesus provides a courageous peace. If you have an ashamed heart, Jesus has a forgiving peace. We could go on and on in that and, and perhaps even reflect now you know, uh, with, with share time we'll have in a minute. How has Jesus been a peace for you in a certain circumstance? Relational peace. I believe Jesus provides this, this external, this peace with others. There's so many texts we can look at, but ones I'll just mention here is Ephesians 2.16 that you can maybe write down, look at it, talking about reconciliation and we have peace with God. Uh, we have peace with each other. Another is Galatians 3.28 where Paul uh, famously writes those words that there's no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, that there's a relational aspect to that. No matter the, the ethnic uh, division, no matter the socioeconomic division, no matter the gender division, that there's oneness in Christ. There's relational peace there. So I think we all can understand, yes, that's what peace is about. So the, the main part I want to camp out today is how do we get it? How do we go there? Because we all are looking for it, whether it's conscious are unconscious, we are looking for peace in, 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 in life, in our whatever situation, life stage we're at. A few, uh, this year, my son, who you know is a senior in North Central, was reading Dante's uh, classic divine, the divine comedy, the poetry. And interesting enough, I was kind of reading some commentary. Uh, I saw Hanscom's look over, maybe some of you guys read that too. But uh, Interesting character story, Dante in 1300s, 
His divine comedies, he was an Italian uh, poet, uh, literary uh, you know, influencer in a lot of literature and actually theology developing in the medieval times. A lot of realism art we see that depicts images of heaven, purgatory, and hells based on Dante's work. He was actually married at the age of 12 uh, in just incredible, really kind of bizarre life, uh, not, not to go into his life, but the story that I read this week is interestingly after this conversation with my son a few months ago, Dante was, was, was walking and knocked on the door of a monastery in Italy and, and knocked on the door. The priest opened the door and says, what do you need? And his answer was one word, peace. He was seeking peace. Um, so how do we get it if we're seeking peace? I want to leave you with three things today. Three uh, suggestions. I encourage you to write these down. They all start, you know how I like the alliteration so you can kind of remember it. They all start with E. Um, how do we get peace? How do we live in peace? And how do we maintain peace? Uh, all, the, all the components, the peace of God, peace with God, peace of God, and peace with others. Firstly, we express a desire for humility. Express a desire for humility. James 4, 6, God, he says, I oppose the proud, but I give grace to the humble. I believe humility is maybe that front door that allows us to walk in and discover peace. Because we know the antithesis of humility is pride, and pride always leads to conflict. If we're prideful with God, if we're prideful with our own self and our need for help, or if we're prideful in relationship, Pride will lead to conflict. Isaiah 26, 12. Please write this down. Isaiah 26, 12. Uh, one of these verses this, this, this week, in these actually past few weeks I've been looking at this, that, that where God so jumped off the page of Scripture and grabbed my heart and my attention. Listen to the, what Isaiah, this prayer at the, towards the end of uh, Isaiah. Isaiah 26. Lord, you establish peace for us, Isaiah said. Lord, you establish peace for us. All that we have accomplished, you have done for us. Isaiah 26, 12. I read it again. Lord, you, you establish peace for us. All that we have accomplished, you have done for us. When is the last time that you have said, Lord, all that I have, all that I am, all that I can do is because of you? That is a posture of humility. All that I have, all that I am, all that I can do, all that I have done, all that I will do in the future is because of you. If you want to have peace, express a desire for humility. Secondly, eyes of your heart prayer. Eyes of your heart prayer. Remember the eyes of your heart prayer. Ephesians 1. Paul prayed. Remember that great prayer after that really long verse in the first section? And Ephesians, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. C.S. Lewis calls it those aha moments. We have had them. Maybe you want them more, but we seek them every day. And I believe God wants to give them every day, not in these moments of these uh, dramatic experiences, but a lot of times in the still small voice. The aha moments. Those moments, I was, I was wanting to put a little image here, but I know some of us are maybe just are listening. You can't see. I'm sure you've seen. I think the FedEx logo is one of these. Sonny, you, you can maybe tell us this next time. You know, when you see the FedEx logo, some, there's something about the logo where if you stare at it, there's another way to see it. 
uh, we've all seen these little optical illusions on these pictures where you see the man who's staring straight ahead. And if you stare at it for 10 seconds, you all of a sudden see it. It's like looking, it's a woman looking to the left. You know what I'm talking about? You know, these little optical illusions where after a few seconds, after you stare at something. Well, this is, I think, the, one of those moments where Holy Spirit uh, does for us. It's a gift of grace. It's the gift of God ongoing of of, of, of seeing, and, and, and there's so many examples in scripture where this happens, but for the relevance of where we are this week, I, I had fun looking at the story again with this, with this lens. I want you to think of the story, and I was small if you know the story, and if you don't know the story, go back and read the story uh, of, 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 the, of the shepherds and angels and, 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 the, and Joseph and Elizabeth. But listen, for the, these are the aha moments that happened. For Joseph, it came through a dream. For Mary, the word of God was sent to her. That was her aha moment. For the wise man, it was through nature, the star. For the shepherds, it was a miracle. And for Elizabeth, it was a friendship. So just as those happened for the story of Christmas, those gifts of grace, we, we see through the eyes of our heart. We see in a different way. We see with clarity. It's really about the vision, the clarity. That's what happened to the, our, our, the, the characters of Christmas, and then it could happen to you and me. So, so first, we express a desire for humility to get peace, eyes of our heart, prayer. And then thirdly, we have to expect the peace of Jesus. That's my third thing this morning with you, how to get peace. We have to expect it. We have to have a sense of expectation that we can get and live in the peace of Christ. What does expectation look like in your life right now? That's my simple question. Is it for some of us? It's going to college. I know there's a lot of conversation in our home about that, and and trips to colleges, and some of us the expectation of, of a child starting school, and the expectation of what post COVID is going to look like. Some of us expectation is retirement, maybe. Some of us expectation is happen uh, when my kids, I'm teacher. I mean, whatever stage of life you're in there's a, we live with sense of expectation if we look in the context of our church community we've had a sense of expectation this year have we not we've had expectation of a building god has provided we've had expectation of a new pastor coming to lead and to guide and to shepherd we've had this expectation as a church community what is the formula of expectation i i, I want to guarantee you that where's my finger going <laughs> just pointing the finger the expectation, I have the answer for you. I'm 100% convinced I have the formula. Okay, are you ready? Some of you are familiar with this. You say, how, what is the expectation that I can live with, with peace? Listen, Jesus Christ says this, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, whether you're tired through life circumstances, or you're burnt out because of all the work. He was addressing a lot of people who were yoked and connected to the law, legalism. But Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you more work to do. I will give you more tasks to do. No, he said, I will give you rest. I will give you peace. Take my yoke upon you. One version says, be yoked with me and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This is something we can live with the promise every day. In the morning when we wake up, the mid-morning when we're tired, 
at lunchtime, midday when we want a nap, and the night before we go to bed, we can live with this promise, this formula for peace. Three things Jesus says to do when we come to him. He, we, we come to him. He says, come. We connect with Jesus. That's the whole idea of being yoked. Some of us, we don't understand. This was a metaphor Jesus used. He probably made yokes himself as a carpenter because there, there were wooden objects used. There, we think of a yoke, we think of the yellow thing in the egg, right? A yoke. That's not what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about a yoke, a wooden device that was put on two oxen or two horses that pulled the load, that carried the load. In fact, that's what really yoke means, to lighten the load. That's what Jesus does for us with a relationship with him. He lightens our load. It's a symbol of partnership. And then thirdly, he says, learn from me. We, 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 we are students. We are apprentices. We are disciples of Jesus on an ongoing basis. We come to Jesus. We connect with Jesus. And we learn from him. Why? Because Jesus said, I am gentle and humble. You think, if you really look at that for a minute, it's really amazing. Because you think of the opposite of gentle. Think of the, the, what's the opposite of gentleness? What's the opposite of humility? It's what's called aggressiveness and arrogance. It's the aggressiveness that we, when we try to put the life under our terms, under our control, when we are led with pride, that's not the way of Jesus. And Jesus said, when you come to me, it's an exchange of yokes, really. It's an exchange. You get me and, and you receive my gentleness. You receive my humility and you can experience peace. So how do you get peace? Express the desire for humility, eyes of your heart prayer, and expect the peace of Jesus. As we move into communion, I want you to think for a minute, for a minute in a, in a, in a reflective way, who is in my neighborhood? Who is in my neighborhood? Who is in my zip code? Who is in my county? Because we have several counties represented on the Zoom call and, and throughout the city. Who is in our state? Who is in our nation? Who is on our planet that needs to experience and encounter the peace of Christ? When we start thinking about that for a minute, it becomes overwhelming and it should lead us to humility. It should use us to a way, I, you know, there's a lot of people without the peace of Christ and I need the power of Christ, the presence of Christ, so, so I can experience the peace of Christ and that God can use me so others can experience the peace of Christ. I know this is my desire. I know this is your desire individually, those of knowing many of you, and this is the desire of our church that we would be an instrument of peace as St. Francis prayed. So as you gather your elements today, let's pray together and maybe do this together. And then we'll have a little bit of time of reflection. Father God, we love you. And we now pause to be a part of the tradition of that famous meal, the most famous meal ever introduced in the world, in the history of humanity, Lord, that little meal introduced by you on the night you were betrayed or you took the cross. And we do it out of obedience, out of remembrance, out of reverence, each in our homes today, but together collectively. Jesus, you said, this is my body broken for you. Whenever you eat it, do it in remembrance of me. And this is my blood that was shed whenever you drink it. 
for the forgiveness of sin, drink it in remembrance of me.